This is the Trivium Dad Podcast. My name is Nick, and welcome. Dearest listeners, I'm here to ask for your support, not your financial support. It would be great if you could donate. It would help support the Trivium Dad podcast and Upward Enrichment Service. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts, then leave a review because it will help other people find the show. And two, tell a friend about the show. Or better yet, tell a whole bunch of friends. Thank you. This program may contain strong languages and topics that might not be suitable for all listeners. Welcome to tonight's episode. Tonight's episode is focused on Montessori education. Uh, Maria Montessori was by any measure an extraordinary individual. She initially resisted uh, going into teaching, one of the few professions available to women in the late 19th century and instead became one of the first women to qualify as a medical doctor in Italy. As a doctor, she specialized in psychiatry and pediatrics. While I was working with children with disabilities, she gained the important insight that in order to learn, they required not medical treatment, but rather an appropriate pedagogy. What was holding children back and preventing them from reaching their potentials? And that's what she thought about. And in 1907, she had the opportunity to start working with non-disabled children in the housing projects located in the slum district of Rome. There, she set up the first Casa del Bambino or the children's house for three to seven years old. She continued to develop her distinctive pedagogy based on the scientific approach of experimentation and observation. I'm very excited tonight to have my guests all the way from California, Miss Anitra Jackson, who is a Montessori educator for the last 20 years, a mother, and she is the creator of the website Chronicles of a Montessorian. Anitra, welcome. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule to join me tonight. No problem. So I have a couple of questions. Uh, Central to Montessori education method is the dynamic triad of a child teacher and environment. As a teacher who has taught children for close to 20 years, what exactly is Montessori education? So the Montessori method is an educational model in which you follow the child in their innate abilities. So the environment and the materials are used to foster a child's natural desire to learn and develop. It is thought that each child develops at their own individual pace, and then the teacher prepares the environment and lessons centered on each child's needs. Great. And a teacher's role is to guide the child through prepared learning. Can you tell us what that means? So with the prepared learning, it goes along with the prepared environment, which is the actual Montessori environment, which entails the materials, um, child-focused learning, furniture that's child-sized, natural materials, and everything is basically for them. So as the 
role of the teacher, you're you're extra in their space. So it's not about you, it's about the children in their space. So it has carefully selected activities and materials that foster their development for a wide range of children. That's great because, you know, when you think about conventional education, um, how it's uh, traditionally thought in the U.S., what do you think are the pros and cons of Montessori education in comparison to the traditional models in the U.S.? Right. So the pros are the mixed age groups, which is not the norm uh, in normal, we'll say preschools. So basically, every Montessori um, grouping is a three year span. So they'll do three to six six to nine, nine to 12, and so on. And if they go into high school, they'll, do, they'll still do the three age. So that's very unique. Um, a lot of people kind of don't get it. <laughs> and it kind of seems kind of odd, but it serves a really good purpose. So the younger children get to learn from the older children. Um, the older ones in the environment get to model behavior and give lessons for the younger children. Um, so this fosters a lot of responsibility and care and um, a sense of community, which is, all, which are all super key factors in the Montessori method. Um, for cons, um, since it could be interpreted differently depending on um, your training or how you just interpret the whole method itself, sometimes people think of it as a negative, as it's too rigid or robotic, um, and it's just simply not the case. You just need to do a little more research deeper to get a good feel of Montessori. I think with like some of the parents I deal with, with one of the cons is that they think they can't afford it. What do you think about that? So the good thing about Montessori is it can be easily adapted. It does not have to be literally the Montessori materials that you see in the environment because they are very expensive. So for someone opening a school, that makes sense. So you can do that, but you can, you can do this inexpensively. And I talk about that a lot on my website, how, you can go into, say, a dollar store, and there are so many different things you can use that will foster your kid's development in so many different ways. So there's ways around it. It's just knowing the basis of the principles and the practices and then thinking outside the box a little bit to, like, tweak it a little so it fits. Yeah, and I mean, if they do, you like, try to adopt this curriculum and I guess in the U.S. classrooms, you know, people, you know, they would argue that it might be when it comes to something that is over a hundred years old and how, you know, how would that, if we adopted piecemeal or take little bits and pieces of the Montessori education, uh, what, how do you, what do you think about that? Do you think it's practical to adapt throughout the whole U.S.? It is. Um, for me personally, I do share with parents and other educators uh, ways to take the method and the basic core principles, and then you adapt them accordingly or you adapt them to fit the child's needs. So, for instance, like freedom within limits, education of the whole child, individualized learning, um, natural consequences, free choices within reason, and teaching responsibility. You can take those main core um, principles and you can adapt them in different situations. Um, obviously, 100 years ago, there was nothing as homeschool. <laughs> so with everything changing, it can be adapted and tweaked. Um, you can use it for small groups. You can use it for a one-on-one child. You could just adapt and bring certain principles into your home for parenting styles. 
or it could be a full-on homeschool curriculum. So it just depends. Yeah. And I mean, I think when you said that, you know, they group uh, different age groups by, I guess, cohorts, like that would be something that I would probably think that would be worthwhile because the older kids could serve as mentors to the younger kids. Uh, They get to see how the older kids move and behave and carry themselves. So that would be a pretty interesting dynamic. Is very, it's very interesting, but it's like amazing to see because like I said, the older ones, if they need a little practice on a certain task or they need to practice, say, um, they're, you know, grouping one through 20, we will use them to give that lesson to someone younger. And it's kind of, you know, two birds of one stone kind of a thing because they're, they get to feel like, Oh, I'm the teacher's helper. I'll show, I'll give this lesson to someone that's younger, but they're also benefiting from it themselves. So they, and they love helping. And those little ones love watching, um, like if someone's reading or doing like extensive math, they are all, they're just into it. They're just, they just love watching it. And they're just like, I want, to, it gives them something to look forward to. They want to do the same stuff. Yeah. I mean, when I created Upward Enrichment Service, it was more to focus on their extracurricular activities. I feel like that helps provide more of what is missing in the conventional classrooms when it comes to learning leadership traits, when it comes to learning uh, teamwork and collaboration, learning how to be social and learning how to communicate. That's where I saw a need. I work in higher education and that's why I was interested in I, I'm not the social media guy. I don't go on social media, but I realized uh, this is my second year trying to build this business. And I realized, you know what? I need to get on board. Right. So I went on Twitter <laughs> and I was like, let me try to bump up the following followers. <laughs> and social media is a, it's a, it's a big thing. That's why I find a lot of people that end up following me. They're just like, oh, I had no idea you could do this. And just yesterday, actually, I posted um, a, an activity for fine motor skills where you just take a pencil and a small pencil sharpener and they can sharpen a pencil and it's helping them with fine motor. And someone responded and said, well, this I had no idea. I've never seen this in Montessori. And I'm like, it doesn't have to be, but you can adapt anything. Any little thing like that you can use as an activity to help them. And it was also from like Dollar Tree. So it's super easy. The affordability factor, because the parents that I've had the privilege to meet uh, from, you know, going to different boroughs. I know you're from California, uh, New York. I don't know if you know too much about New York, um, New York City in particular, but it's broken down into five boroughs. I live in. I do know that. Yes. (laughs) Okay, And I've been in most of the boroughs, probably except for Staten Island. And I meet parents from all walks of life affordability factor for them to be able to go into a Dollar Tree and buy materials in which they could use in their house to help educate their children. I know um, from what you're communicating, I know it's going to be definitely beneficial for a lot of people. Oh, yay. I I mean, I use a lot of these in my classroom. That's why I share them. Um, I did a lot of, as we call them, filler activities. You have the traditional Montessori um, activities, but then it's basically most schools leave it up to the teacher to add fillers and you, it's your job to figure out what your class needs and what every kid needs. And that's how you add the supplementals and the fillers. So I would come up with, you know, the single hole punch. You just get a single hole punch and you punch a hole in a piece of paper. 
it's all motor skill, you know, sharpening the pencil, things that are not the norm that you wouldn't see in a Montessori manual if you were just newly trained. But since I've been doing it for so long, I've completely come up with, you know, just these random activities that the kids just love, but they serve a purpose. So that's a good thing. I guess you touched something I didn't realize. So the teacher has, I guess, the latitude to develop the curriculum for their class, because I know, you know, I guess I was talking about the Twitter and getting on and a lot of teachers uh, in New York in particular, especially with COVID-19, they just they have different viewpoints. But I think they feel like when it comes to the hybrid learning model that's being executed here in New York city, they don't feel like they have, it's, it's rigid and they don't feel like they have the flexibility. So I guess in the Montessori, does teachers have flexibility to develop the curriculum for their classroom? You do. It's not technically a set curriculum. So you have the Montessori materials. And um, so basically what I would do is uh, it's the beginning of the school year. Everyone's coming into my classroom. If they haven't already been in my classroom from the previous year, I would do an assessment on them, figure out what letter sounds they know, what numbers they know, uh, things like that. And I would keep it in a binder. So that would tell me, Johnny needs to learn the sounds, these five sounds, because he doesn't know them. Or, oh, he already knows one through 10. We're going to work on the teens, 11 through 19. And you pretty much decide what lessons you give based on each child. So you would see me sitting on the floor with, maybe eight to 10 kids around me and they're all doing different things. You may have a few at a table and I'm leaning over the table, making sure they're good. They could be doing um, language, spelling. Some could be doing, like I said, fine motor skills that they need help with. So you're not sitting, teaching everyone the same thing at the same time. Everyone's doing something different. That is great. I'm such a advocate or, and you know, I love teachers. I think they do a great job, but I sometimes feel like they're handcuffed into how they approach right. teaching. And from what I'm hearing from you, because I did some research on Montessori, but, you know, you could read the the PDF documents, but it's great to hear from an actual educator Mm -hmm. because these are the (laughs) nuances that you get to hear about. Because some kids may be more along when it comes to, let's say, mathematics or science, and some kids may be falling back and reading. So to be able, I'm, I'm guessing to be able to just tailor how you teach must be. What do you think about that? Like having that ability to tell, I would think you would love it. Oh, it's amazing. <laughs> people always, people are always like, how do you do it? I'm like, I don't, I don't know. I just, I just do. I've been doing it for a while and I figured out a really good system that worked no matter um, where I worked. I just used the same system, the same assessment tool. I did the same um, things with everyone and it just kind of worked. So the only thing that you would do like in a group setting is like, calendar and music or stuff like that every once in a while you may introduce a more generalized concept say if we're doing um we're learning about north america you can show that to the whole group with the puzzle map and that's okay to do in circles so you would take the puzzle map and you'll show them all about the different you know people of north america you know the countries the flags that's okay but when it came to more academic and if someone was they needed more help in a certain area. That's where it gets real individualized. I don't know if there's any data or anything, but like if a kid goes through a Montessori program, do they have a higher success into getting into college, graduating or uh, getting better jobs? Like, I don't know if there's anything out there. 
I do not have any information. I do know a lot of famous people were Montessorians, though. Yeah, <laughs> I do I, know that. I did see that. Ed. And yes. I, I, that was something I was looking up. So I was kind of curious about that. But I right. know a lot of people that do go into that program. They rave about it because of the freedoms, everything that you really talked about. Right. It's really, it's, it's a completely different mindset. Um, like I said, it's really about community and caring for other people. So I've always heard that, you know, the kids are, they're so well behaved. We teach them grace and courtesy. We show them how, you know, if the teacher is talking, how to politely interrupt, but you know, you don't really interrupt, you wait and you, you're patient while they talk and when they finish. And we practice those in circle. Like we literally do, uh, we would do a uh, role playing. Okay, so if I'm talking to someone, you can come put your hand on my leg and I will put my hand on top of your hand so that you know I know that you're here and please be patient. And they would just sit there and wait patiently until we would finish. And then I would tend to them. But of course, if we said, if someone's like bleeding, it's okay to interrupt us. But if it's not, if no one's bleeding, please be patient. So yeah, there's grace and courtesy. Um, Caring of the environment is big, you know, making sure you're taking care of the materials, every everything, pencils, paper, you name it, taking care of each other. Um, there would be a spill in the classroom and everyone would run to help that person pick it up. I mean, it's just they they start to innately want to be good human beings. It's just part of the, the whole environment. Yeah. Those intangibles is what carries over into life. Like learning how to be, like you said, gracious and respectful, mm-hmm. learning how right. to have manners and uh, right. courtesy and just, you know, being a good person. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So that's those are really big concepts um, in Montessori. And I, I think I've heard that people feel that they feel that it's a waste of time for us to focus on that. But I've only ever heard good things from it. Um, I've never heard a parent tell me that, you know. Thanks a lot for teaching my kid how to be respectful or, you know, or how to interrupt or thanks a lot for teaching them how to clean up. Now they're helping me clean up around the house. You know, I've never heard that. So it only, it only just carries over into their regular life and they just do it because they want to. Like, they're just like, yeah, they were cleaning up the room. I can't believe it. I didn't ask them. I'm like, yeah, they're, they have to clean up after themselves. Like it's, you know, we, we instill that, that that stuff is important and it is. And so it just kind of, they just innately just build that and it just becomes a part of who they are. So it's, it's pretty amazing. I love it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, from what you're telling me, I love it, but I was speaking to, I was speaking to a colleague today and I think one of the things when it comes to like, you know, when it comes to getting jobs and when it comes to, you know, when it quote unquote being successful is if people like you and if you build that social network and it seems like everything Again, like what you're saying helps people to get not what you're going to learn in books, right? Not what you're going to learn academically, but it builds that secondary piece, which is pretty critical. It's not going to be, oh, look at my resume. I got the education here and I got X amount of years. A lot of the times jobs goes to people because you have a strong social network and you have secondary and tertiary ties, and it just extends. So it seems like mm-hmm. Montessorian is something that kind of translate into, again, different parts. Right. And those are important. Obviously, academics are important, but being a good person is just as important as we feel. So that's why we call it. We educate the whole child as, as much as possible so that they understand that their role in society is important. Other people, the environment as a whole is important. 
Um, so that care and that sense of community matters. And it, it just is so that they're like good people in the end. Like I, I've always heard good things from um, parents, even after, you know, seven, 10 years ago, they were in my class and they still remember me. I'm like, they do? They were like three. Like, they still remember me. And I'm like, that makes me cry. <laughs> like, they still remember me. And I'm like, that's, that's why I did what I did. And that's why I'm trying to help parents now um, since I've left the classroom. But I know that this is still such an important part of me that I still need, I have that need to still share it with as many people as possible. You are listening to the Trivium Dad Podcast. My name is Nicholas Jones, and I have the pleasure of speaking to Anitra Jackson. And you said that, you know, you want to try to help and you are helping uh, parents in particular. And the way I came about uh, learning about you was that I came across your website, Chronicles of Montessorian. I was impressed with the high quality of the content that was available. Uh, Could you just talk more about that awesome website? Thank you. Yes. Um, So I share um, parenting tips. Um, a lot of Montessori ideas or um, ways that you can incorporate Montessori in different areas of your life. And on the flip side, then there's the mom lifestyle. How do you juggle, you know, working from home and how do you do this? So there's, it's not just all Montessori based, but a lot of it is. Um, but it talks about, you know, mom life on a regular parenting. Um, there's a few posts about being married. It's just a lot. Cause like I said, I've been doing this a long time. I've been married 20 plus years. So, I have a lot to share. Both of my girls were Montessori girls. So I just share any knowledge that I have to make anyone's life easier. I'm willing to share. Definitely. And I think, do you have like any part that reflects about like that's focused on fathers? I haven't, but you know, I started thinking that just recently. I'm like, you know what? I think I need to throw some really focused dad posts out there. um, Because I know there's some dads out there that are just as interested in, you know, learning more about Montessori or parenting as a whole. Um, a lot of the parenting posts are pretty um, geared towards parents as a whole. It could be mom, a dad, or moms and dads. Um, the posts that fall more under the mom life are just basically for moms. But um, I think I, I think I do need to add like a, a dad life kind of area. <laughs> I think it would be cool. Yeah, I think it would be. I mean, I was just thinking about that just off the top of my head. I know as a father, I am actively involved in my children's lives. And I think, you know, I know a lot of fathers are. And just to have like some kind of resource, I guess that's why I started this podcast, because I wanted to share from a different perspective, from a father's perspective of, you know, what I've learned, not from reading books, but from just life lessons, a lot of highs, a lot of lows. And, you know, if people could just take away something from that, you know, then I think I won. But yeah, I mean, with your website, again, it's just a lot of content, a lot of quality co- content. It's just not quantity, it's quality. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I do. I take, yeah, I take it seriously. I, I love the, I love the blog. So it's, it's a fun um, resource, but yeah, I think I need to, you know, interview my husband. Hey, how is it? What is it like being, you know, a dad? <laughs> See what he says. <laughs> I'll have to get him on. I'll have to get him on in, in a blog post for sure. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that would be that would be pretty interesting. Uh, he could talk about, you know, <laughs> what you know, what he 
he does on his end because I'm sure he has a lot to talk about. Yes, and he's probably he's probably Montessoried out. He, he hears a lot about Montessori, but I'm like, this is who I am. Um, I just knew it instantly when I first was introduced in the environment. I'm like, this is I found my home, so I just knew. So he's heard a lot about it, so he knows. But it's he's used to it. He agrees. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. He knows it's amazing. Definitely, and uh, thank you for this interview. But and what would you want our uh, my audience? listening today to take away from the conversation? Basically that Montessori is adaptable. It does not have to be as structure, structured as people may think it is. You can think outside the box. Almost anything can become a learning lesson for a child. So don't think that the materials are it. Um, I learned that in my training that you have to, the materials can only do so much, but if a child needs a little bit more, you have to know how to provide that. And I encourage uh, people to visit Chronicles of a Montessori website. Uh, again, I think you could find a lot of value and resources, especially if you don't know much about Montessori education and you want to get started, especially when it comes to the hands-on activities and trying to implement uh, cost savings into your household by you know buying items that are very affordable and to help. Uh, educate your child. Thank you, Miss Jackson, for coming on the show. Well, thank you for having me. Follow us on social media, UESNYS. Check out the website, UESNYS.com. Give us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Thank you for listening.